Hi, this is Representative Derek Kilmer from Washington State's 6th District. Welcome you, you back to my podcast called Quick Questions About Congress with Kilmer. Today I'm sitting down with Representative Mark Amaday from Nevada's 2nd District. Mark, thanks for being with me. Thanks for having me on, Derek. Way to, way to let anybody come on your little show here. That's great. So tell me about Nevada's 2nd District. Well, you know, it's it's pretty much the whole state except Las Vegas. It used to be actually all 17 counties in Nevada, but after reapportionment, we got one extra seat, uh, which is centered north Las Vegas. So I kind of have the north uh, 60% of the state. Mm-hmm. So we're bordered by Oregon, Idaho, Utah, and California. Great balls of fire. So you, how long does it take for you to drive from one side of your district to the other? Well, you know, I live in Carson City, which is about 30 miles south of Reno. So if I'm going to Elko or Wendover, which is over there on the uh, Utah border, pretty much Elko, Wells, and Wendover, um, that's about a five-hour drive, wow. five and a half hours. Yeah. So um, uh, do you have your own helicopter? No. All right. No, uh. no just <laughs> just my, my trusty 86 GMC pickup, which gets... Not great gas mileage. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, so I, I, when I'm back home, one of the things that comes up quite a bit is uh, people want to know how, like, one, I get very frequently asked, dear God, why would you want to be in Congress right now? Um, I'm just curious, what brought you here? You know, I, I never figured I would be. I, I spent some time in the state legislature, and, and we have term limits in Nevada, so the term limits came up. I got out, thought, hey, okay, that's good. You know, it's nice to be able to say that you retired instead of... You were thrown out. <laughs> and then a, a series of events ha- uh, happened, the first thing of which was John Ensign, who was a senator from Nevada, had to resign for some personnel-related problems. Mm-hmm. And so Dean Heller, who was in this seat, uh, was appointed to that. And so they had a special election. And, uh, uh, you know, I got some calls and some stuff, and it was like I was concerned about some of the federal issues. So I said, okay, I'll give it a try. And lo and behold, in a special election, um, I was given a chance. They hired me to, to, to be their person for the rest of Dean Heller's first term, and then we've been reelected twice since then. That's awesome. What what uh, How have you found it? Any Anything? Was it what you expected? or You know, probably not. I mean, having spent a little bit of time in the Nevada legislature, which is part-time, you know, it's every other year and, and stuff like that, I figured, well, wow, you're going to the varsity now and lots of staff and a lot of that sort of thing. And, and Quite frankly, I thought in the in the areas that, that that I served on those committees or issues that I've worked, that the level of analysis would be deeper than it is in mm-hmm. many instances. Um, and and so I, I mean, frankly, I mean I understand there's politics in this job. I mm-hmm. mean that's the nature of the beast. But but it's been surprising to me how much politics and some days how little issues there are in the thing. And, and it's, you know, it's frustrating because I think there's days when, hey, if we concentrate on the issue, the, the answers are there. Are there particular issues that you wish Congress was working harder on that yeah. where you'd like to see some progress? Well, well I, I mean, one is, is, it's like, listen, the answers are there for the immigration issue. Mm-hmm. If, if you could get everybody to take off their Olympic, uh, their Olympic political hats, it's like, listen, there, there's ways to deal with all of this. Actually, in the House, when I got here, there was a bipartisan working group that was pretty close. I mean, you had Luis Gutierrez, Zoe Lofgren, uh, a couple folks from California, Raul Labrador from next door to you in Idaho, um, uh, Judge Carter from Texas, um, uh, uh, Mario Diaz-Balart from Florida. Those folks were pretty close to going, okay, here's, here's what we think we ought to do. And it ended up getting spiked in favor of, of what the Senate did, which, I mean, no disrespect to the Senate, but mm-hmm. as you know, as a member of the House, it's like, listen, we're perfectly entitled to work our will, too. Yeah. And it was a good group of people. So it was frustrating to see that kind of go away and the, and, the, and the politics take pretty much completely over. 
What kind of issues did you work on when you were in the Nevada legislature? Well, you know, the northern part of the state, un- unlike uh, you guys in water-rich, uh, the Evergreen State, yeah. um, you know, water's a big deal in Nevada. It's part of the Great Basin, uh, Intermountain West. Uh, so resource issues are, are, are always near the top, uh, water, air, um, the, the minerals industry, stuff like that. Uh, Nevada was a fast-growing state before the 2007-2008 stuff, percentage-wise. So you deal with those growth issues and responsible growth, and, and how do you do that in the context of resources and that. So that was a lot of it, education, transportation, you know, the usual uh, gamut of, of things that uh, you try to deal with. And, and fortunately, I'd rather be a growing state than a not-growing state. Yeah. So there you go. Um, you, you talked about, you know, immigration as an example of an issue that, that you wish Congress would engage on. Is there, are there systemic things about Congress that you would change if you could? I, I, I know, for example, I mean, we've gotten to know each other through the bipartisan working group and you seem to take an approach where at least you're willing to talk to folks on both sides of the aisle. Is that an example of something you think should happen more in this place? Or? You know what? This may be an incredibly naive statement, but, but I just believe that it's like if you, as a member of Congress from Washington State or from Nevada or from Illinois or wherever, if you take care of the issues, I think the politics take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Derek Kilmer's doing a good job on, on national and Washington issues. It's like, th- then you know what? You'll get support. Um, whether you're a Democrat or, or, or a Republican. And, and and like I said, that may be an incredibly naive thing to say, but I've never had an instance where I, I could say, God, I wish I'd have paid more attention to the politics instead of taking what, after you do your homework, you thought was the right stand on the issue. Yeah. Even when people disagree with you, Derek, I think they respect the fact that you can have a discussion with them about the issue. Yeah. Talk about the bipartisan working group. What what got you involved with that? And just for folks who haven't followed what that is, talk about what that is. Well, um, you know, it, it, it's it's a group of uh, what is there? There's like twenty to yeah. thirty folks, uh, half Democrats, half Republicans, um, and Jim Renacci, who who I got to know, was one of the co-chairs a- along with Congressman. Um, uh, Carney, Carney, yeah. from Delaware, and uh, he said, "Hey, why don't you come to this?" And 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 so it's like, okay, I'll go see what's going on. Um, and quite frankly, it was helpful to me to to sit down in a room with colleagues and talk about issues. Um, and and it just helps you to see other people as other people, yeah. Whether they're in your own conference or or, or in your conference, um, so that you can go, okay. So it, I mean, for a guy who thinks it's really about the issues. That was kind of an energizing thing to me to go, hey, these these guys and girls are normal people, too. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's it's been helpful in that respect. Um, it's been pretty, you know, when you say working the issues, it's actually neat to go to a meeting and actually be able to talk about the issues and hear other people's perspectives. There's some debating that goes on in there from time to time. Yeah. But it's in a pretty relaxed collegial atmosphere, which I think is a good thing. So it's been a... It's been a good piece of the puzzle for me in terms of keeping your perspective, um, making some friends on the other side of the aisle, which is, is a good thing. Um, and so I'm uh, overall, I've, I've been in, I think, like two years or something yeah. like that. It's been going for like five, I think. I'm, I'm, I'm gl- glad I was asked to join and, and have a lot of respect for the people that are in there. Yeah. I tell folks back home, it's not like we're sitting around the table, you know, singing Kumbaya or... Yeah. Doing trust falls into each other's arms, which I tell people we stop doing after we drop Mark Amaday. But that's, um that's right. uh, load. Yeah. Um but I actually do think you're right. There's value in just talking through the issues and you know, being able to present bills. You 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 
presented a bill just recently on some work you're doing on behalf of honoring our nation's veterans and those who yeah. served in, in, in Vietnam, if my recollection is correct. Yep. Um, what got you working out of that, just out of curiosity? You know, it's it's interesting. It's one of those things that, that came up. Is, listen, I don't have a relative who was a Vietnam helicopter pilot or crew member. Um, we got a request after the folks at Arlington said, hey, your request is turned down. This is really for grave space, and we can't spare five square feet for you, and you're, and you're going... Well, listen, they were 10% of the casualties. That's medics, crew members, crew chiefs, and pilots. Um, they were 10% of the casualties in the iconic helicopter war. They want five square feet out of 30 million under Arlington's control. It's like, I understand that it shouldn't be memorials everywhere. That should be easy to get a memorial. But if these folks can't make the grade, then who can't? So what, what got me going was it's like you guys have imposed basically an administrative de facto no memorials policy. And it's like the primary mission of Arlington is graves. I get that, respect that, and it should be. But once in a while, there ought to be somebody who meets the who meets the and and so that's kind of what, what got me dug in on it is, is I mean I, I I'm an old guy, but I'm not old enough to have been a Vietnam veteran. I watched it as a guy in high school on mm-hmm. TV. Yeah. Like a lot of people did at that time. So it was kind of my generation's growing up, you know, it was the war on TV. The folks just in front of me, it was their war. But it's like, hey, this is an important thing. And, and you know, here's the thing that you don't realize. All those folks that were in that Vietnam thing, no disrespect, but they're getting older. You know, we talk about how many World War II, and there's a couple of World War I's and Korean veterans, how we're losing those because of just the realities of the actuarial tables. But it's like, guess what? Those Vietnam folks, um, they're getting to be a thinner and thinner slice of the pie, too. And so it's, it just seemed appropriate. It was something that's like, okay, you know what? We'll stand with these guys on this. That's and, cool. And see That's cool through. that you're doing that. I I, uh, I appreciate that you're doing that. Um, anything that you think would surprise folks back home about about this place, about Congress? Y- you know, um, y- I think I don't know if you get the same stereotypes everywhere, but I mean, you know, from being here, it's like they're stereotype. Oh, D.C. and fat cats and the life of Riley and it's an ego building experience and everybody's rich and all that stuff. And you just sit there and go, listen, it's an honor and a privilege to be given the responsibility of representing the folks who hired you in your district. I mean, that's absolutely granite bedrock. Um, but, but I think it's one of those things where it's like, hey, listen, you're welcome to follow me around for a day and see the lifestyle, if you will. And, and, and not that it shouldn't be, but it's like, listen, it, it, it turns out it's and especially for you, because you come from the same side of the country I do, mm-hmm. there's a lot of travel involved. There's nothing glamorous about that. You get here. Um, the, the realities of maintaining a second home in D.C., whether it's a uh, 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 studio ap- apartment, yeah, apartment or, or, or even if case, you're living yeah. in your office, it's yeah. like, listen, there's nothing glamorous about that. Not that it should be, but but that stereotype sometimes of, hey, you guys are doing the big life thing. is like, please come and see <laughs> see the big life as I know yeah. it. Um, and, and I only say that because it's like, I think it'll give people a little better perspective in terms of some of the stereotypes. Now Mm -hmm. we've done a lot to earn people's mistrust over the years as, as an institution, but it's like, okay, I get that. But there's a lot of people here who are for the right reason too. Um, and so there you go. You mentioned your commute. So what, so say votes end at noon on a Friday, what's your... What's your what, what does your day look like from there to get home? I've got uh, if votes end at noon. I've got one the, the way the schedules are now. I get on a four thirty uh, American 
I mean Delta, a 430 Delta plane that goes to Salt Lake City. I hang out in the in the Salt Lake City airport on a Friday evening, which I mean, there's a lot of. It's kind of like New Orleans, That's Salt happening. Lake, you right? Know. I'm sure. Yeah. So you hang out for two hours in the Salt Lake airport, and you connect your flight to Reno, which takes off at almost 10 o'clock uh, Mountain Time. You get to Reno at a little after 10 Pacific Time. Wait for your bag because I'm an old guy. I don't drag my stuff through the airport. <laughs> um, and get in your car and drive drive for 30 minutes to Carson City. So I get home about 11. Yeah. It's about a 10-hour proposition from when you walk out your front door yeah. to when you walk in your office door or vice versa. Wow. So what do you do on the plane? Do you work or do you watch movies? Or? You know what? I'm, I'm kind of a dinosaur. No Kindles for me. I've got actual paper books. Yeah. You know, thank you for the trees of Washington that go yeah. for pulp. Please keep reading. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of a reader. Um, I've got an iPod. It's not on my phone. I've got an iPod that I bug my daughters to keep updated with Mark Amaday's greatest hits. <laughs> so I'll listen to some music. I'll read. Um, and other than that, yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of it. And hope that the headwinds aren't too strong while you're headed west. So my very first job was in a video store. And uh, I'm always curious uh, what people's favorite movies are. You don't have to name one. I'm just curious. Give me a few. Well, um, you know what? I, I, I like Taken. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is pretty old. And, and people say, well, What, the Liam you? Neeson film? Yeah. And, and so well, you do seem it? to have a particular set of skills, Mark. I so. says, yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's a dad who somebody was messing with his daughter. I got two daughters. They're adults now. There's a dad who somebody was messing with his daughter, and he went and just squared that right away. Yeah. And uh, so I get a kick out of that. Um, uh, some of the Clint Eastwood stuff that he's done lately, I, I mean, you know, the iconic stuff, the Westerns and the Dirty Harry stuff. But, I mean, uh, um, Gran Torino yeah. was one of those ones where, you, where you're looking at that and, and very powerful message-wise in terms of, yeah, he, he curses in it, and he's got some – there's some colorful stuff in there. But the message of that, I think, was pretty strong. Um, and, and then going back, uh, I'll tell you a mini series that I still watch. And as I get older, I even, I, I even start to get a lump in my throat and tear up a little bit at the end is, is uh, Lonesome Dove. Oh yeah. Robert Duvall, Tommy Lee Jones, uh, you know, those folks, the, the quintessential, um, historic, uh, cattle drive North and, and just that sort of stuff is all stuff that when things get particularly tough, that's what I'm watching to get my lug nuts tightened back up. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, Mark, uh, thanks so much for taking the time with me. I promised you we'd keep it under 15 minutes, and I think I'm wrapping this at 14 minutes and 41 seconds. That's why you're the professional. Thanks for letting anybody All come right, on buddy. your show. Thanks. We'll Thank see you. Ya. Thank you.